Gold, still boring. Crypto's hot. Copper, back. Pot stocks, how high? We're going to talk where Nick is making his money. We're going to talk about New York cops going wild as they usually do. This time on a nine-year-old girl. We'll talk Houston DA, a Bitcoin seizure, a lot going on. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host. Mr. Nick Hodge, and this is episode 103 of Bizarro World. And as always, Mr. Hodge, it keeps getting more and more bizarre. Enter Marjorie Taylor Green and her Jewish laser beams from space. We'll talk Miss Green. How are you doing, Nick? Did you put quotes around uh, lasers, <laughs> air quotes, lasers? I'm doing good, Gerardo. What's up? Oh, you know, it's 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 um another week, right? Another week down, a busy week. A reminder up front to everybody: you were kind last week, reminding everyone to get their flowers or whatever it is that you're gifting your significant other. Um, get that done, everybody. Valentine's Day is coming up, but no, I am well. Um, let's get right into it. Gold did what we thought gold would do. We thought it was consolidating. I think both you and I said we wouldn't be surprised to see it drop below the 1800 level briefly. It did exactly that. It's currently trading at 1812. Silver's bounced back nicely, 2666 after the fake Reddit squeeze that was not um, <laughs> executed uh, on a sustainable basis, let's say. It lasted a whopping 24 hours. I'd love your thoughts on the precious metals and then let's talk about where people are making money. I mean, rates are the highest they've uh, been in a little bit. I heard this lady gushing about rates, the U.S. 10-year being over 1.1%. Uh, the other morning on my drive-in, uh, she was on Bloomberg talking about how, you know, 1.1% was high yield. And so <laughs> we got the yield still going. I mean, it's funny, right? I laughed. I laughed alone by, you know, by myself in my truck. And But that's what it is. I mean, at least in the short term, that's what's controlling the gold price. And so you saw it dip below, at least briefly, 1800 uh, this week. And um, that's sort of that, right? It doesn't mean that in, inflation's not here. It doesn't mean that um, the dollar is not still a week, which it is. It's uh, at a two-month high. The dollar is the highest it's been since December. But, um, you know, still in a downtrend. And uh, they're still talking about the stimulus. It seems like we're going to get that finally in the next maybe two weeks here, right? Um, $120 billion a month in bond buying from the Fed. Janet mm. Yellen telling the boys and girls on Wall Street to suppress the volatility, which you have to laugh at as well because it spiked for like two days or something. And now we're back to record highs in the uh, NASDAQ. And so that inflation is just going other places. You mentioned cannabis stocks at the at the start. And um, yeah, other sectors are, are doing well. Oil's at a, at a, at a multi-month high, back above $55 a barrel. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, that inflation is manifesting in other commodities, just not uh, precious metals for the time being. Janet brings all the boys and girls to the yard. Mm. God. <laughs> I'd rather Listen. We have the we have the holy trinity of easy money, right? We have we have Mr. Biden, and we'll get to to, to him and his economy and what that's going to look like. It's starting to take shape. It's not very different, frankly, than uh, Mr. Trump's thus far. Um, but then you have Janet Yellen, and you have uh, good old Jerome, and and you know how he feels, uh, not thinking about thinking about thinking about raising any 
rate anytime soon. But let's get let let's get to the multiple multiple um, policy items that will affect the economy, that will affect rates, the financial markets, and will really affect and I think wake up. Uh, the part of the financial landscape that I navigate in, which is specifically um, resource stocks, 1.9 trillion. That seems like that is a go. That's um, supposedly relief, right? And then after relief, <laughs> we're gonna get you know infrastructure. And it seems both sides, and, and this was the case with Mr. Trump at office as well. It seems both sides are actually in support of a pretty hefty infrastructure package. In, in, in the trillions, um, at least a trillion. And so, you know, 1.9 trillion within the next couple of weeks, then another trillion or two for infrastructure. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence. Copper's back at the 360 level. And if I had to pick, and I do, um, a commodity that will be a lot higher this time next year, I think copper's a prime candidate. No doubt. We've talked about Rio Tinto on this podcast. Uh, you got to take a look at Freeport and then, of course, juniors that we might talk about later in this podcast that are exploring for the, the next round of copper assets. But that's right there as a, as a clean tech metal. And you talk about uh, Bidenomics or, or whatever. If we're going to do this clean tech thing, um, you know, you, you need the copper as much as you need the, the nickel and the lithium and the, and the manganese, right? Absolutely. Uh, commodity bull market in Damn near everything is what I think people can expect. And, and you know, you, you highlighted why, obviously, the, 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 the very real inflation that's going to trickle down. <laughs> you know, Reagan was a big trickle down economics guy, and we know that didn't work. But what will work is the government's hell-bent policy of stoking inflation. We know it's here. We know it is trickling down to, to, to many, 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 many sectors. And we know eventually, you know, the Fed will have its way and government will have its way and they'll suppress that yield curve and they'll get, they'll get, you know, <laughs> they'll light the match again to the gold price for now. It's uh it's quiet money. It's time to be accumulating. You mentioned juniors. Let's get right into it. You highlighted Cucho Copper last week and man, it's had a heck of a run, heck of a run. I think it's doubled in the last two weeks, three weeks. It's, it's ripping. I mean, uh, if I'm recalling off the top of my head, yeah, something like uh, 18 cents even last year, 20 cents to, to, to where it's at now, more than a, a double and higher since I mentioned it last week. And on no news, I know that, you know, Cherie went on the board and, and that's been the only announcement. You've got to think they're making progress on the feasibility study. You've got to think um, that the copper price has something to, to do with it and, um, you know, We'll see what happens uh, with the feasibility study, but there are others that are that are that are drilling as well. And kind of copper, I think, is due for more results. I don't know if you want to get into that, um, but has had really good results recently and um, is, is raising a chunk of money right now to fill the coffers. And I, there's a lot to like in that one as well. It's funny, the naysayers, uh, when it comes to Chicana Copper and the stock and the results, um, the naysayers always come out and, you know, down talk the grades and they pick the individual metal. And yes, it matters. But listen, when you have um, a company like Goldfields and the, the the several other groups that have vetted the project that that that, that are you know lining up literally um, to write a 10, 11, 12 million dollars uh, worth of checks, 
to advance that project. I am extremely excited for the opportunity the market is presenting, as I am with many other stocks. I mean, the bottom line is the junior resource space has undergone a pretty healthy consolidation. Again, a gift if you can afford to add. Not so much if you just like to wake up and see stuff go higher, right? Um, but 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 that's the part of the cycle that we're in. And with that, let's talk pot stocks, right? Um, going higher, pun intended, and you've done really, really well uh, in that sector multiple times, many times over, as 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 you have with the crypto space as well. And we got to talk cryptos because they've had a heck of a week. But I'd love your take on both of those. Those are catching a bit again, both those sectors. Yeah, you had Chuck Schumer, I think it was, say uh, last week he wanted to get some sort of cannabis legislation done. It's probably a bit premature for that. But nonetheless, I think that you know, lit a fire underneath of it. And I think people are starting to realize there's sort of a cannabis 2.0 coming, right? Um, it's not the same old companies it was before with the canopy growths and the uh, Afrias and what have you. There's a, a new round of players in town and these multi-state operators that have consolidated uh, licenses and um, that are new names, really, uh, frankly, in, in the past couple of months here that are uh, going higher. Uh, and so that's definitely a place to, to look at is these multi-state operators. Uh, you know, Jersey's coming online here. That's a very big state. New York's not mm. online. So they, they can jump right across there, uh, the tunnel or the bridges and, and get themselves some cannabis. That should create some interesting uh, police action. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Right? <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, it's a commodity at the end of the day. It's a plant, right? And so if you're, if commodities are inflating, you've got that commodity bull tailwind as well. And I think that's about it. I mean, uh, they're going up. And then if you want to talk, you know, as medicine, I guess there was a, a, a GW Pharma takeout this uh, week or late last at a 50% premium mm. by uh, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, right? And, and they were working on just sort of like... Uh, uh, an orphan drug indication for uh, a cannabidiol drug, a CBD drug. And um, so on, on multiple cylinders, the, the adult recreational and, and, and medical sides as well, cannabis stocks are, are, are back in play, I'd say. The major U.S. indices continue to hit record highs, despite the fact that long-term unemployment here in the U.S. is close to a Great Recession record. I read an article earlier today that highlighted that almost 40% of jobless workers are long-term unemployed. Um, the record is 46%, which was set following you know, the Great Recession. And so it's, um, again, tale of two markets, right? Roaring 20s, uh, call it what you want, but I, I I I applaud the Biden administration and and frankly the Trump administration prior too because they were pushing for a big infrastructure bill, which is why it has bipartisan support. But I I do applaud those jobs. We've talked on air several times about the difference between printing money um, to go buy treasuries and printing money. Um, to actually go and, and invest in infrastructure that can last many generations on over. I think that's welcomed. And also, I think my portfolio is going to be uh, positively impacted as a result. Any thoughts there? Uh, on the infrastructure? Yes. I mean, you got your point back to copper. Um, there's a million things you could talk about, whether it's, you know, getting the uh, internet into to rural America, which we've talked about in this podcast <laughs> before. Uh, so my porn uh, can quit buffering. <laughs> <laughs> and so my kids can watch more Disney Plus at faster speeds. 
Um, and, and then obviously we like the long lasting infrastructure and the, and the, <laughs> the, the jobs that that'll create. And that goes back to cannabis as well. And sorry to jump around, but um, you know, the tax revenue that would go to the federal government as well as the jobs that it would create if they would uh, take off the restrictions at the federal level, I think is uh, would achieve some of the, the aims that they're going for. Right. And, and the, the same with well done infrastructure, which is just overdue. I mean, yeah. How many times can we talk about the the D the D report on the the national infrastructure report card, right? And um, uh, there's bursted water mains and, and dilapidated bridges in in every city in town across the country, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's pivot a bit. Let's you know we'll circle circle back later on, and we'll talk um we'll we'll talk some names that 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 you know I'm adding to or looking to add, but. To, to, to my positions, but let's, let's pivot to the NFL real quick. By the time you all hear this, uh, the Super Bowl would have come and gone. Um, I haven't followed football as closely as I used to, but I'm very intrigued by this game and it should be a fun one, right? You got Brady, who's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time versus a kid, Patrick Mahomes that, you know, is, is clutch under pressure and, you know, is, is making a hell of a case for himself. Um, you know, with the Super Bowl win last year and going for a second one back to back. But I, I mentioned the NFL because I liked the news that broke earlier that it is willing to use all 32 stadiums for mass vaccination. We know that, you know, the Trump administration on the way out, frankly, quit caring. And it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you fall under, if you fall under a political spectrum. Um, the bottom line is, I mean, he was golfing most of the time and he didn't care. Right. And I think it is evident now that this administration has their eye on the ball, at least in regards to that. And in regards to stimulating and relieving the economy, kudos to the NFL. I've been critical for, for, for different reasons about the NFL and, you know, they, they, they've had their, <laughs> their share of scandals over the past few years, but I thought this was good PR, good marketing, and, um, also a good thing to do. You know, they also provided a lot of uh, data, right? And I've been critical of the NFL as well, but I was reading a separate article this week outside of the using the stadiums about how they just administered tests and tracked everything and had everybody distanced to get the to get the season done, basically, and how they tracked all that. And it's become like a treasure trove of data. They were issuing like 7,000 COVID tests a week to get all the games played uh, and to make sure everybody was uh, not infected. And so... I mean, basically what they showed is that testing and distancing actually does help suppress the virus. And so because they were able to track it so well. And so double kudos, right? Double kudos is right. Let's talk about government and where it is failing. This is not something that, you know, is is um, new to this podcast. But man, government continues to show its ass, specifically law enforcement. Um did you read the story about the nine-year-old girl earlier this week that was suicidal um, and, and was, you know, threatening to kill her mom? She's nine. And so, you know, mom called police to, to, to come help, you know, calm her down. Um, did you read about that at all? I have seen the highlights and the lowlights, as it were, on social media, but I haven't, like, sat down and read an entire article. So we'll put a link up to it. Um New York cops doing what New York cops are known to do, the bad apples, right? And there seem to be plenty of bad apples. Um, they show up and they restrain the girl, the nine-year-old girl, who can't weigh more than 45, 50 pounds. Um, 
say 60 or 70. And once they restrain her, you know, she starts yelling, um, you know, I want my mom. I want my mom. And then the cop says to her, you're acting like a child. He says this to the nine-year-old. Um, and she says, I am a child. And the cops respond by telling her to calm down or they're going to pepper spray her. She starts yelling for her mother. And while she's cuffed in the back seat inside the vehicle, they open the door and pepper spray the hell out of this little girl, man. Jesus. I don't, again, let me be clear. This is a nine-year-old who was cuffed, her hands behind her back, in the backseat of the patrol car already. What threat did she pose in that moment that makes any adult human being, especially one entrusted to serve and protect the public, what makes a human being think this is what I need to do in order to de-escalate the situation? It's just, you know, it's absolutely insane. I, I, this girl's parents are better humans than me. And I'll just leave it there. Um, You know, Ben Crump, who's very well known civil rights attorney, who's, who's, you know, been at the forefront of a lot of um, the racial justice cases that have been, you know, and, and to his credit, it's not just been the ones that have, that have received the bulk of the media attention. He's also done a lot of good work behind the scenes for a long time before it was popular too. So, so, so kudos for that. I don't want to make him seem like, you know, an ambulance chaser an Al Sharpton type that, you know, Sharpton is, he he just, he just goes with the publicity is because it makes him look good and thinks he can get a check. And he did that for a very long time till, till the community, community, frankly, got sick of it. But, um, he, he has, uh, decided that he's representing the family and we're going to, they, 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 the police department did place the officers on suspension. And so let's see what comes of it, but this can't continue to happen guys. This just can't continue to happen. It's, 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 it's tiresome. It's tiresome. And I, again, it's, um, if you live in America and you want to do a welfare check on someone or you want a service or government to help you de-escalate a situation, you should research that a bit more before calling the cops. And and this is why, you know, so many people want to defund or abolish the police or, you know, the, 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 the multiple other, you know, not, not, not well crafted slogans, um, because I think what people want is to reform the police. I think most of America wants a just, effective, efficient police department, including myself, right? I don't, I don't want, I've, I've talked about it before. I don't want the cops to go away. I don't want them to not exist. I don't want everybody, you know, to have to fend for themselves. Um, orderly police is good. Uh, efficient police is good. Law-abiding police, by the way, is good and welcomed. But this isn't it. And I understand why people take to the streets. And I absolutely understand why people get frustrated because this isn't a new thing. It's just being documented better. And um, it can't continue to happen. I don't, I, I don't have any answers, um, but frustrating and, and got to keep pointing it out. Cause that, that's just, it's egregious. It's egregious. Yeah. It's the entire state of policing that people are fed up with. And it's, yeah, it's police reform now, right? Not defund the uh, police. And I just got my, 
uh, Unicorn Riot t-shirt in the I was was surprised. I forgot that they were sending it. That was months ago. So that was nice. Very good. Very good. Let's talk more government stupidity. Um, Did you hear about the doctor in Houston? I don't think I did. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, and I meant to talk about this last week, but uh, we got on a serious note last week and I didn't want to continue on with it. There was enough there in last week's podcast, but there was a, a, a doctor in Houston who received um, vaccine doses, COVID-19 vaccine doses. And there were, I believe, and let me get an exact number there, there, there was an open vial of Moderna doses that was left over at the end of the day, right? So he's at his practice. He's administering the doses. These doses were due to expire around 6.30 p.m. They were going to expire within six hours. And so this doctor offered the vaccine to health workers and police that were on site, but they had either already been inoculated or they declined the vaccine. The doctor then calls a supervisor at the health department and they said, we have no available patients that want this. So then he did what I think any well-meaning person that's looking to help heal and prevent disease and infection would do. He used his contacts in his cell phone and administered nine doses offsite to eligible recipients, elderly residents, residents with certain medical conditions that were high risk. Um, And after he couldn't find anyone else in his contacts list, he gave the final dose to his chronically ill wife after 11 p.m., right? And so this, remember, this was 6.30. It was the the, the vaccine. The doses were supposed to go bad and expire by midnight. It's 11.30 p.m. He says, hey, I've done everything I can. I have a dose left, giving it to my chronically ill wife. The and, and again, you know, we, we bash on both sides here. Dumb government is dumb government. The democratically elected, as in he's a Democrat, district attorney, decides to press charges against the doctor. Charges of theft. And, you know, <laughs> to, 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 to the judge's credit, to the judge's credit, Mr. Franklin Bynum, uh, the county court at-law judge, he criticized in very, very, very clear terms um, the decision to prosecute the doctor. He said, in the number of words usually taken to describe an allegation of retail shoplifting, the state attempts for the first time to criminalize a doctor's documented administration of vaccine doses during a public health emergency. He then adds that the prosecutor's affidavit was riddled with sloppiness and errors. Um, and man, this upset me again because government being government overstepping just to prove a point, just to prove a point. Can you imagine had the judge not had some common sense and they go to a jury because the doctor's not going to plead guilty because it's going to affect his licensing, which affects his sure. livelihood. And and you end up with a bad jury um, that maybe just hates vaccines or doesn't like doctors or doesn't like, you know, where he's from. Who knows, right? You never know with a jury. Um, any attorney will tell you that. And so can you imagine like just the harm that this could have caused this doctor and his family? Um, it's just 
unnecessary. It's arrogant. It's abusive. Kudos to the judge for tossing it. But man, that DA, <laughs> good luck in re-election, buddy. Has it been tossed out? It has been tossed out. Tossed out. Yes, it was yeah. dismissed by the judge. Last week we were talking about the rules in, I guess it was California, right? Where you couldn't, you could have your restaurant open, but you couldn't watch TV. And, uh, <laughs> yep. I, I, I don't think it's a Fucking. uniquely American phenomenon for government to be backward in uh, some things, right? In Australia, for example, I think I was reading, and we have some Australian listeners, so they'll tell us if we're wrong or if I'm wrong. But they haven't got the vaccine yet, as I understand it, and they're not allowed to even uh, to to leave the island to go get it. And so, um, and then in the UK, you've got the whole uh, other variant there. And so, um, yeah, issues uh, uh, with governments uh, across the board and uh, their response to this, right? And I, I guess they do it because they. Uh, think they know what's best, right? Uh, just like they know what's best for uh, short sellers or anti-short sellers, if you want a comparison. Government overreach is something everybody should keep an eye on. Um, listen, I, I, I critique the worst parts of our country because I love our country and I want it to be the best it can be, right? Just like I critique myself whenever I fall short of my expectations for myself and work to be better. Um, but we should be clear. Um, it, we're not China. I mean, I, I forgot to talk about this about a month or so ago, but did anybody notice that Jack Ma disappeared for like three months and like now that he's back like he doesn't want to talk to anybody and he's really mild-mannered and docile and all of a sudden doesn't want to be in the spotlight because that's where it goes if we don't check government abuse at every level it becomes a situation where i don't know where jack ma was but i know wherever he was let's say he was on a government-sponsored sabbatical he's found some tranquility and some humility in his demeanor over the past month or so. And so we hadn't talked about it. I, I, I It was talked about in the press a little bit, but yeah, uh, we're not there yet, but we can go in that direction. And we got to be vigilant about that stuff. Let's be vigilant about real things, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And let's check stupidity at the door. And the, <laughs> the stupidity stick apparently hit... Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, pretty, pretty hard multiple times. I don't know at what age the stupidity stick hit her, but I don't think it was a one-off. Um, <laughs> have you been keeping up with her? As best I can. I saw the videos coming up the other week, uh, her harassing, uh, what's his name, David uh, Hogg or Hogg, uh, mm -hmm. years ago. And then I've seen some of the uh tweets and i've seen some of the the videos she's uh, either recorded of herself or that have been recorded of her and then uh, of course i saw her get taken off the committee or her committee assignments uh yesterday and i saw steny hoyer who's from my old state of maryland uh walking around with the the printed out tweet with her uh uh holding the uh, assault rifle talking about how she's the the squad's worst enemy referencing um you know, uh, three uh, of her female uh, colleagues across the aisle. And so uh, I've been following a bit, yeah. So the irony, right? 
for those of you not familiar, this is a representative of Georgia who mocked and harassed, you know, a then 17, 18 year old uh, young man that, you know, was, was unfortunately, you know, at a school that was shot up. And this lady apparently thought that it was a hoax and that him and his friends who died, friends that died, he had friends that died there, um, that it was a hoax and that they were actors and this was all just something that um, they were making up. And that, 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 that theory was advanced by Alex Jones of Austin, Texas. Um, it's funny. Everybody always says Austin is such a liberal city, which, which, you know, it is government wise, but it's, it's, it's a bastion of free speech. We have protests every day at the Capitol. Uh, but anyhow, you know, so he's now being sued and it looks like, you know, he's not coming back from that. Um, but yeah, so this woman, you know, she, she video emerged, as you mentioned of her harassing this teen. Um, she believes that, you know, the wildfires in California, she said, were caused by Jewish lasers pointed at, you know, California for whatever reason. Um, and the irony of the whole thing is that the committee, are you aware which committee she was removed from? No. Um, among them, the Department of the, the, the Committee of Education. Wow. These are the people that are overseeing policy as it relates to, among other things, education in America right now, y'all. And right after they voted to strip her of all her committee assignments, because even her own party's like, this shit is crazy. She gets out on Twitter and she goes, I woke up early this morning, literally laughing thinking about what a bunch of morons the Democrats are for giving someone like me free time. Is this government, in this Democrat tyrannical government, conservative Republicans have no say on committees anyway. And then she added, oh, this is going to be fun. Get a life, lady. Issues. Get a life. Oh, Lord. But again, her being on the education committee was hilarious to me. I just, I couldn't believe that was the one among others. But somebody voted for her. A lot of people voted for her. Um, <laughs> anyhow, Nick, let's talk about news this week that was not well received by the market. Let's pivot back to the markets. K2 Gold had some news on its Mojave Gold project. News that was solid. I mean... Nine holes, all of them hit, you know, long widths of oxide mineralization, um, 41 meters of 1.64 grams per ton gold at the Newmont zone was the headline. Um, you know, but but there were other good hits, 22.86 meters of one grams per ton gold from 42 meters. That 41.1 meters of 1.64 grams per ton gold was from 44 meters. And so if if, if you look at the results, Good, solid results. You would think after the high-grade hits that K2 drilled and announced a few weeks back um, that people would think, hey, oxide discovery, expansion potential, near surface, <laughs> let's go higher. Nope, the stock pulled back some 15% on the news. And yes, we know that gold had a rough week. We know that it pulled back a bit, but 
you know, and, and we also know that the project is in California. And let's be clear about that. Is there permitting risk? Absolutely. They're in the midst of, uh, the company's in the midst of, of waiting on um, additional platforms to be approved. There seems to be a, what was described to me as a boilerplate review of all new drilling at or near federal land packages. And so that affects K2 as well as anyone else. And, you know, I reached out to a contact of ours that 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 is currently working with government on a project. And, and you know, she was pretty clear in saying to me, no, th this is actually pretty standard. It's something that every administration, incoming administration tends to do um, just to get their people in there and, and, and make sure that um, things are running the way that they want to run them. And so, you know, I understand that risk, but yeah, I thought I thought the sell-off was unwarranted. I think K2 Gold is 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 a heck of a speculation. It's got a market cap of 30 million. Part of the Discovery Group, who again, if you followed Great Bear and that success and and a number of other companies, um, they've been on a heck of a run um, even during the bear market. I think K2 is a hell of a speculation. And while we're on the Discovery Group, let's talk Ethos Gold really quick. You know, all they've done is roll in like nine district scale gold land packages, right? And you know, they're trading at a market cap that again tickles my contrarian heart. It doesn't look good in the portfolio, but with a market cap of 16 million Canadian, each one of those district scale land packages is getting approximately less than $2 million Canadian in value. That won't be sustainable. And I think Ethos is going to have one of the better 2021s of, of any company out there. So those are two names, everybody, that I would do due diligence on. And I would, you know, after that due diligence, I, I think it's a heck of a speculation at these levels. And I'm personally looking to add to both of those positions in the near term. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, K2 made the, the stock watch gold summary the one day this week, the day the results came out. Did you catch that? And basically the gist was sort of kind of what you said. Uh, the hits weren't as high grade as the, the previous holes reported. And so, you know, investors are a hard bunch to please and everybody wants the high grade hits uh, all the time. And so I think that, you know, was probably one of the main contributing factors to the to the market not receiving those uh, results as well as they maybe should have. And then Ethos, um, we're finally going to get some action on those properties mm. last year, right? Or th this year, last year was sort of a rebuilding year, putting all these projects together, bringing on a new, uh, whatever they're calling it, strategic advisory board, um, and 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 putting together the targets for these projects, and then their last. Uh, news release, which took me half of my day to read. It was, <laughs> the uh, summary of everything they're going to do? Oh, summary of all the projects and what they're going to do. And it seems like we're going to get drills into maybe five of them this year. I mean, it could be, you know, Q3 or Q4 before that happens, but we're going to see some action, right? Absolutely. We're going to see some action. And, you know, it should be noted that that technical team is being led by Joe Price and Rob Carpenter. And if you know, you know anything about Mr. Carpenter and Kamenak and the coffee deposit and that discovery, which was eventually monetized for nearly half a billion dollars, um, then again, it's a market cap of eight, uh, $16 million, folks. And they have nine district scale land packages. You know, my, 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 my thinking, and, and they've alluded to as much as that they'll joint venture a lot of the projects, but they'll also keep the better ones and drill those out in the second half of this year. I'll be catching up with management early next week. So look out for that at resourcestockdigest.com interview um, over, over, 
providing an overview of the projects, what to expect, and um, the approach moving forward. But yeah, it's a heck of a heck of a gift at these levels. Like it. Mr. Hodge, I see every week you're taking triple digit gains and booking them. You booked one here recently. You kept half, if I recall. Um, but you know, you're playing with the house money now. What should people be looking at outside of the resource space? Uh, I touched on cryptos a bit. They had a heck of a week. Um, what do you like out there? Pot stocks, crypto? I mean, it's hot again, right? Yeah, I mentioned one back in December uh, when it was down uh, around a dollar ten or, or fifteen or so in Eastside Distilling, and uh, that stock's up to around a dollar seventy-five. Had a decent pop uh, today. Uh, I have to imagine their earnings are going to look uh, pretty good now that they're starting to shed the costs associated with the Redneck brand, and they're focusing more on the bot thing, which is uh, why I said to look at it back in December. Um, and 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 then when I was uh, writing about uh, this week is a company called Cardiol Therapeutics, mm. uh, which is one I helped fund privately uh, before. Uh, obviously, it was public um, years ago, and it's been trading for about two years now. And has uh, some studies going on. Earlier, I talked about GW Pharmaceuticals on this podcast and their their cannabidiol drug for um, uh, some orphan uh, indications, some orphan diseases, Lennox Gestalt syndrome, for example. Mm. Um, and, and, um, Cardiol has, is in phase one studies for, um, uh, acute myocarditis being treated with their, their, their pure CBD, uh, formulation and, uh, acute myocarditis is a larger, uh, target market than, uh, Lennox Gestalt syndrome. Right. And so, um, Cardio has like a hundred million dollar valuation versus a multi multi like seven billion dollar valuation that uh, GW Pharmaceuticals was acquired for. And not only does Cardio have the acute myocarditis uh, phase one trials, <laughs> I told you you were smart. <laughs> it has the I can barely say my have, name. <laughs> it's going into trials soon for. Um, People uh, with pre-existing conditions or that are more at risk of uh, of having stress put on their heart if they contract COVID. So you got a bit of a COVID connection there going on as well, seeing if, uh, you know, administering a CBD to the uh, heart can shield it from the, the stress of uh, having like a, a respiratory uh, disease or ailment like COVID. So anyway, um, the GW Pharmaceuticals acquisition combined with the results coming in the next couple of weeks, they say in Q, uh, the end of Q1, which is like now, right, for this for this phase one studies. And the, the chart is also breaking out at like four bucks Canadian. So I mm. uh, want just to look at, I guess. There you go, folks. You're getting your money's worth today. Um, one last story because I, 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 I found it somewhat, you know, um, indicative of of the world that we live in did you hear about the guy that uh had his bitcoin seized and uh it's like a 60 million dollar wallet and the authorities can't figure out how to access it and he won't tell them <laughs> well it's like schrodinger's bitcoin then did they really seize it if they don't if they don't have the password uh the, the best quote of the article and i'll put a link up um it, it, the cop said we asked him but he didn't say perhaps he doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> However, I will say, you know, if I if if I was a a, a promoter of of Bitcoin, um, I would point to this story and say, hey, see, 
it's it's really that foolproof, right? Even the authorities can't get to it, right? Well, exactly, and you know that they really want to, and so I got to tell just a quick story, and and and, I, and then I'll be quiet. I was getting my hair cut uh, yesterday, and um, halfway through it, I remembered that this girl who was cutting my hair—it's not always the same girl, so I always—it's always someone different who's cutting my hair—but I remembered that the girl who was cutting my hair yesterday had cut my hair like months and months and months ago. And I remembered because I was talking about cryptocurrencies with her. Uh, and so I asked her, uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin has since run to like $40,000. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, you remember we were talking about cryptos a long time ago. You still own some of those? And she pulls out <laughs> her phone and she's like, oh, yeah, me and my boyfriend, we got like a mining rig set up in our apartment. <laughs> I own she was like, I got Ethereum. I got Bitcoin. She's like cutting my hair, like swiping through her phone, showing me. And I was like, you ever heard of Stellar Lumens? I had a buddy that bought a bunch of Stellar Lumens. Back yep. the day. And she was like, oh, yeah, I own some Lumens. <laughs> and I was like, damn, girl, go you. I was like, do you trade stocks, too? And she like flipped over to this other app and she was like, yeah, I got some stocks. She was like, I got some Tesla stock. I got some NVIDIA stock. And I was like, you got it going on. And then she started like asking me about what I own. But then she was talking, she ended up talking about the Redditors and the, and the short squeeze, right? And about how, um, you know, basically it was like anti-institution, right? She was like, yeah, they shut it down because they don't like it when us little people make money, right? And that's sort of the sentiment, right? And then uh, I was reading something else today. Uh, just to tie it together, that was sort of like, you know, it doesn't even matter what the stocks were, AMC, GameStop, Silver Squeeze, it doesn't matter. It was, you know, the important part was the education of the 10 million people who were now like woke to that, right? Which is uh, something that definitely the girl who was cutting my hair is woke to. And she was, she actually quite impressed me yesterday. It was, it was a nice conversation. That's a great story. That's a great feel good story. Can I ask what her age was like approximately? I would say she's probably, you know, a couple of years younger than me. She's probably like 30 or 33, something like that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that is, uh, that is encouraging. And again, you know, for, for someone like me that dabbles almost exclusively in the resource space, this little consolidation, you know, isn't the funnest or most exciting of times. It's great if you're adding like I am and writing checks like I am, but you know, there's so many sectors out there and so many different uh, opportunities to make money. And I think, you know, you've highlighted quite a few um, during this episode, Nick. And I think, you know, for every, uh, people that have followed us at Resource Stock Digest, go to Daily Profit Cycle, which is, you know, that, that the, the goal of that site is to continue with, you know, providing the research and insights that everybody's grown accustomed to over at Resource Stock Digest, but not just specific to resource stocks. And so, you know, I think in the near future, you can expect more con contributors and, and, and articles outlining opportunities in, in multiple, multiple, multiple sectors that, um, again, it's a free site like this podcast. I promise you, you'll get your money's worth. Um, dailyprofitcycle.com. That was my shameless plug. That's it. I like it. You watching the Super Bowl, Nick? I will watch the Super Bowl. Tom, Tom Brady, duh, love him or hate him. Uh, I am ambivalent or agnostic as I am about many things. Uh, <laughs> is, is, is impressive. Nonetheless, uh, you got to uh, take your hat off to that guy. And like you said, it's going to be a good matchup. So uh, worth watching. Plus, we like to eat and watch commercials. So we'll be doing it. There we go. There you go. Anything else you want to add today, Nick? No. What are your weekend plans, Gerardo? You know, I, uh, as you know, I am a very big Dave Chappelle fan. Um, I had the opportunity to see him a couple of days before he, um, he canceled his residency here in Austin due to 
a positive COVID test. So he had COVID for the past several weeks. And, and yesterday they, um, they announced, or a couple of days ago, they announced that today would be, today being Friday, you, you all will listen to this on Monday, but that would be his first show back, uh, Dave Chappelle and Friends. And so, you know, the cast, uh, the, the, the last time I saw him, the, the, the people there, the, the, the lineup, it was Ron Wolf or Michelle Wolf, Ron White, Donnell Rawlings, Dave Chappelle. Anyhow, I say all that to say I couldn't help myself and and got some tickets for tonight's show because I I, I I'm looking forward to hearing um, his take on on his COVID experience and and it was a heck of a show last time and if that's all we get is the same show it'll be it'll be great for some laughs and it'll be nice to be out I'm not looking forward to getting my nose and my brain poked because they do test prior to. Um, allowing you in, but it's outdoors, it's socially distant, and it should be a great time. That's going to be, I think, um, the main highlight of the weekend, at least for today. Well, enjoy it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's all we got this week, everybody. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 103 of Bizarro World. Final words of wisdom for the week, Nick. Tater salad.